the worst. This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your host, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Now, crank it up. The kickoff of 2020, the first thing we got to do is look back on 2019 and talk about our top 10 albums, movies, TV shows, crazy experiences, all that shit. Hollywood, what do you think about the new year? I'm looking forward to the new year. There's a lot of changes coming. I was surprised. Some of our uh, podcast friends released their top of 2019 before 2019 was over and i'm, I'm glad we didn't because i had a late entry that knocked up the chart for me so we had a few late entries i was uh, scrambling around to listen to records especially the ones that came out later in the year that i didn't get to spend enough time with and but indulge me if you will let me go on a bit of a rant before we get into this best of 2019 is that all right with you oh, pesky kids get off my lawn uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> no, not really. I got shit. I got to get off my chest. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> we'll call this the airing of the grievances. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. <laughs> so I get up this morning <laughs> and I get up early and I head to the gym and uh, I'm excited because today I'm going to be working out in the gym and not swimming because I swim three or four times a week. And so today I'm going to be doing the whole treadmill and weights and all that stuff. And it's a good opportunity for me to listen to some of the music that we're going to talk about tonight and listen to some of our podcast brothers and sisters and just kind of, uh, you know, spend some time listening to stuff, which I don't always have time to do. My lovely wife, she accompanies me to the gym early in the morning, about 5.30 or 6 this morning. I get to the gym. I get my headphones ready. I get ready to get out of the car. I go, where the fuck is my phone? God Dang it, I left my phone on the charger at home. So that's the first issue. So I huff and I puff and I get out of the car because I'm not going all the way home to get it. And I'm like, okay, screw it. I'm just going to work out without it. It's going to be a loss. I'm already pissy about it. It is what it is. And I hate working out at the gym without any headphones on. But, you know, got to do what you got to do. My wife offers to let me use her phone, but she doesn't have the music and all that stuff on her phone that I want to uh, listen to. So I go in, I start working out, I get on the treadmill, and I start going for a little bit of a jog. One guy to my right has got one of these heavy vests on, one of these vests that are weighted down, and he's working out hard, and all of a sudden he starts huffing and puffing and grumbling and grumbling. I swear it sounded like two beasts making love next to me. I'm like, I'm like, what the, fuck? 
what the hell is going on with this dude? And he's like, ugh, ugh. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe this. No sooner does that go on, and I'm rolling my eyes left and right, does some dude come up and get on the treadmill to the left of me. And he starts having a conversation on speakerphone with his wife. And I'm like, hello, trying to get in the zone here. I got two beasts humping next to me. And now you're having a conversation for everybody to hear with your wife. Dude, I'm not interested in your conversation. I was pissed. I'm like, I I told my wife, I'm like, this is why I wear headphones. Not to mention that I just like the rock and roll. But, you know, this is also why I wear headphones at the gym. I was pissed. It was driving me absolutely batshit crazy. So that's the first thing. So real small tip to anybody working out the gym. A, people don't want to hear you talking on the phone on a treadmill. Get on the treadmill, do your job, and that's it. Number two, if you've got respiratory issues and you're grunting and huffing and puffing, you probably shouldn't be on a treadmill. I'm just saying. <laughs> and then, you know, you could have just borrowed Jen's phone, went to YouTube, picked out an album, hit play, and it would have played for 50 minutes. Dude, yeah, I could have done that. You're right. I could have, but I wasn't, and I wasn't that clear-minded at 5.30 or 6 in the morning. I was huffing and puffing because I was a little baby and didn't have my way. When you get pissy like that, like all logic leaves your head. I don't know why that happens. That That is 100% correct, and I am adult enough to look and say you're absolutely right. Uh, that is a truth about me. That is correct. And on another note, I go into the locker room of all places that should be fairly quiet. I go in the locker room. Some dude's getting dressed in there, and he's got music playing on his phone. Dude... I didn't want to hear music in the locker room on the phone. I just wanted to relax, and I couldn't even relax in the locker room. I just wanted to take that dude's phone and chuck it up against the wall and bust it into a million pieces. I was so pissed. God dang, man. And then I get home, and of course, what's waiting for me from a work standpoint when I get home, but an audio file that's an hour long for me to edit that is on nothing other than the women's menstrual cycle. And I'm sorry, but that is not something that I wanted to do first thing this morning. I'm just saying. You didn't make it clear to the folks you work with that you will not edit certain topics? (laughs) No, they're paying me. <laughs> it's not for me to judge what's uh what's interesting to some other listener. It's my job to edit it, make it sound good and uh put it together and that's uh that's exactly what I did. <laughs> you sound like you had a great morning. Uh by God, I am ready to talk about 2019's rock and roll bevy of rock and roll that is uh, bestowed upon us. So uh Let's definitely get into that. Before we get into that, we got to do this. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. This year, uh, there was a band called Viana that released an album. We've played... uh, at least one song, possibly two uh, in the past. Stefano's been a great friend, a great supporter of Growing Up Rock. And we're going to talk about his album a little bit later. So 
without any further ado, here is Heart of Stone. Stood. 
Yeah, I love this song. I love Viana. Really is a solid record. Right in line with the the last two Journey episodes that we did. I mean, it just straight up kind of borderline hard rock and pop. It's it's really good stuff. And Stefano, he loves his Saturday morning espressos, boy. <laughs> hey, so do I. So nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. Good stuff. Go out there and check out that album. If you're a fan of melodic hard rock, uh, that's a great album to check out that came out in 2019. And, you know, we might talk about that a little bit later on. Okay, so getting started with this episode, I'm not exactly sure what avenue you took this year, but here's what I did. Because last year, I made a huge mistake and was not keeping up with all the music that was coming out. And then I remember in November, December, I was like cramming for a test and trying to listen to like 80 albums, and it was a mess. I did it, but it was not like a fun listen. So this year, I said, all right, I am going to start logging albums as soon as they come out, listen to them when they come out, even judge them right then and there on the first listen. Do these albums have a shot to make my top 10? Is it good? Is it just meh? What don't I like about it? And notate it on paper. So I listened to 160 albums this year. And I'm telling you, I listened to some crap. Like I tried to, no matter how bad it was, try to listen to at least three or four songs to see if I would change my mind. Maybe you got the wrong track up front. Maybe they didn't put their best foot forward the first couple of songs. And uh, I listened to some really, really tough listens, tough, tough listens. Then when it came down to kind of grabbing out of those 160 what I liked, I came out with like 33 that I actually liked that had a shot to make my top 10 and then did my normal a half a point if it was a good song, 0.75 if I was listening to it again, a point for a song I would put on a playlist. And I really only had like five albums that got an 80% or more out of the album. So there was a lot of good music put out, not a lot of great entire albums put out, if that makes sense. But uh, that was kind of my approach this year. And I didn't use any EPs, greatest hits, or live albums. What was your approach? Yeah, I think my approach was fairly similar. I started a list at the beginning of the year. In fact, I used the list that I had from last year and just continued the new year. And every time a record would come out, I would add it to the list. And I would try to definitely go through and listen to stuff. Some of it, the more popular stuff, some of it was new bands that I picked up along the way. There were a lot of new bands that I would pick up either from other people's list postings on Facebook. We got a lot of friends in the Monsters of Rock posting that talk about rock and roll all the time and talk about this group or that group. And it's new stuff or stuff I haven't discovered yet. So I used that as a sounding board and just added stuff to the list and went through it. I didn't do a numbers thing. I have no idea of how many albums I've listened to. There's no way of telling. I try to go through at least a course and a verse of everything. And then stuff that I want to continue to give shots so that it grows on me. I just set aside and created this list that I add to Spotify. And so I can continue to go through those records. And it was definitely a goal and a discipline of mine to make sure that I listened to complete albums this year. Uh, because I, we'd had this conversation before, which is it's really tough 
to make a decision on whether an album is a great album or not when everything is kind of playlist these days. You know, it's one or two songs on a playlist. Bands release two, three, sometimes even four songs before the record comes out. And so it's really just a discipline of mine to go through the complete record. And, you know, if I saw the band live, that was even better because that went to fueling the fire as to whether I liked that record or not. So that's kind of the approach I took. Now, that being said, to your point, a lot of great rock and roll came out this year. I don't know if complete albums that were great came out. And that's kind of a sign of the times, which is I think people are less concerned with complete albums, less concerned with sequencing. You know why? Because sequencing does not matter. And more concerned with one, two, three, maybe even four songs that can get added to a Spotify playlist somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, and... You know, the the other part is when I bought Back in Black, I listened to Back in Black only for weeks because I couldn't afford another album until I saved some money, right? So it's coming at a speed right now that even if somebody released a just incredible album front to back, I'm not sure I'd give it enough time to really love it front to back. Yeah, I mean, I totally 100% agree. And you mentioned earlier, some of our podcast compadres put out their best ofs before the end of the year, which was tough because there's a lot of stuff coming November, December. And, you know, are they missing some things? Hell, we're probably going to be missing some things recording this the last week or two of December, which is when we're recording this. This will come out the first week in January, but I'm not trying to disguise anything. It's coming, you know, we're recording this the last week or two of December. But that being said, when I listened to some of their episodes, they've influenced me to go back and check out some records that I already knew about that were on my list. But I'm like, maybe I need to go give that another listen. And whether or not it influenced my final list or not is to be seen. But I'll be honest with you, I definitely checked out some things and gave longer listens to some of the things that were on my list. And I was playing kind of a nutshell game at the end of this thing, moving some things up and down on my list. There was something that was really high up on my list, but then I got into this other record and was like, holy crap, I really have to move this one up some. So there's a lot of uh, list roulette going on at the last minute for me. Yeah, that didn't happen to me hardly at all. So even when I saw your list, when you put it in the sheet, and some of our friends and listening to some of the albums that they had, I'm like, okay, wait, I listened to that album. Why didn't it resonate with me? I would go back and possibly listen to the songs that they suggested. And I'm like, that was exactly what I thought it was when I first listened to it. Still not into it. <laughs> so it didn't change for me at all. You're exactly the record I thought you were. Practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about practice? <laughs> that's two different. You just meshed. Alan Iverson and Dennis Breen. I, that's, yeah, that's what you was, just did. Yeah, I did exactly that. I, <laughs> I, I knew it when I did it. That's all right. <laughs> Two great sports quotes. It's amazing. What, what, what we thought they were. We're talking about practice. Bullshit. The Bears are who we thought they were. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. 
if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. We're talking about practice, man. I'll get into the top of my list here. And once again, I'll say the great thing about these best of lists for me is that I love checking out everybody else's best of list because every year, and I say this every year, but it needs to be driven home. Every year I discover new bands from somebody else's list. And so that's why I really enjoy these best of list. We'll put ours out there and that's great. And I don't know whether we'll turn somebody on to anything new or not, or whether we'll cause somebody to go listen again to something. But I love learning from everybody else's list, which is uh, fun for me. So I'm going to start my list off at number 10, the White Snake record. Flesh and Blood, I really loved this record. When it came out, I enjoyed it. I did the interview with Joel Holkstro. We went track by track on those songs, and it's a strong record. It may be not the exact type of old white snake that some people are used to, but I don't think that there's a better guitar duo in rock and roll right now than Red Beach and Joel Holkstra. I think they're amazing. I think the solos are amazing. I think it's got a lot of great songs on it. Are there some songs I can do without on the record? Yeah, definitely there are. All in all, it's a good solid rock and roll record. I listened to it a lot this year. That's why it made my list, and it's at number 10. The songs for me are Good to See You Again, Shut Up and Kiss Me, and Hey You. I love those three songs quite a bit. Just a great record. I even like the ballad on there, uh, which the name is escaping me. There's a ballad on there that's really, really good. We think he is talking about the song After All by Whitesnake, but who really knows? Steven is weird, but you already knew that. Number nine, Tor Tora. This record came out right before the Monsters of Rock Cruise. We got the opportunity to see him on the Monsters of Rock Cruise. I saw him again at Rocklanta, Sons of Zansby, Everbright, and Rose of Jericho, my three favorite songs on the record. I just think it's a, it's a great record. And number eight, and here's the little bit of a surprise on my list, the Sweet Oblivion record. This is the record with Jeff Tate and this guitar player named uh, Simone Mulroney, I think his name is. This is a Frontiers pairing. Jeff Tate said he had never even talked to the guitar player. He said basically they recorded this record sending files back and forth over email. But I listened to this record a lot, and this record would fit completely and easily in between Operation Mind Crime and Empire from Queensryche. I mean, it sounds exactly like that period of time. I just think it's a really, really good record. Three songs for me are A Recess from My Fate, True Colors, and this one, My Last Story. Years 
Okay, so you're number 10, 9, and 8. Whitesnake, the music is outstanding. There's no doubt it made my top 33, so let's get that out of the way. My expectations were way too high for this record. Like, I don't know what it is about Whitesnake, but every time they release an album, I think I'm going to get either Slided In or 87 or Slip of the Tongue, and I'm waiting for it, and it hasn't come because it's not 1989 anymore. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So... At the beginning of the year, I really liked the record. And I'm like, okay, this is going to make my top 10. And then it just kind of slowly kept going down and down and down and down. So I'll go back to the record for a few songs. I love Shut Up and Kiss Me. And I thought Hey You was okay. But yeah, there's something missing. I just don't know what it is. And I think it's just my expectations are too high. The Torah Torah record. I remember when Rose of Jericho came out. I'm like, oh, this is very interesting. Because I don't know a ton about Torah Torah. So I was like, okay, that's a good song. They're just not. They don't have a lot of backing vocals, so they're not super catchy. So to my ear, it's a good album, but it actually didn't make my top 33. It's one of those, uh, can't even compare it to ACDC, but there's there's a lot of rock music out there that doesn't have either the big chorus or hooky backing vocals or that kind of stuff, which is all good rock still. It's just not super catchy to my ear. And then uh, the Sweet Oblivion record, it didn't make my top 33 either. It's good. It's just not great to me. And maybe I'm just losing my flavor for Jeff Tate. I don't know. It might be that. I, I just thought the melodies were just meh. And I, I couldn't get into the record. But Queensryche's hit and miss for me all the way around, to be honest with you. So maybe that's what it is. Fair enough. So my 10, 9, and 8. So my number 10, the band Soto. Origami came out this year. And my top 10 has uh, like we're all over the world map so this is actually one of the u.s picks um and you can't even call this band a u.s band really because most of the members are european but released in may on inside outside music band members are jeff scott soto on vocal george salon on guitar bj on guitar and keyboards edu Cominato. i'm going to mess up a lot of names today by the way because i'm all over the map and on drums and then replacing David Z, who passed away, who was in this band, is Tony Dixon, who's on bass. These guys were killer on the Monsters of Rock. This is definitely the heavier side of Jeff Scott Soto. I would say it's in between his normal stuff, which is very melodic and catchy and usually has a lot of like R&B type flavor. It's somewhere between that and Sons of Apollo. And Album's 10 tracks, Spotify's got a bonus track, but my favorites are Dance with the Devil, Hypermania, and then there's a ballad on there that is a cover of Michael Jackson's Give In To Me, and I've never really liked Michael Jackson's Give In To Me version, but this one I really like, so Soto came in at number 10 for me. Number 9, kind of a surprise, honestly, because I didn't know anything about Caleb Johnson. So Caleb Johnson is the guy who won season 13 of American Idol. And I stopped watching American Idol when Bo Bice lost to Carrie Underwood. Like I was done with American Idol then because I'm like, they're never going to pick a rocker. I'm done with this shit. And he released an album this year, his second one called Born from Southern Ground. And I remember you actually sent me a text and said, hey, you might want to check this guy out. This guy's pretty good. I listened to it. I'm like, that's very interesting. And it's labeled Caleb Johnson in the Rambling Saints. And technically, like I said, it's his second album. His first album was very American Idol influence, so it's not really him. But this one he actually released on his own label in June. It's like a Kotzen voice plus blues plus gospel plus Black Crows. Like I 
have heard this album now probably 50 times. I love this album. My favorites are Sugar, Better Off Alone, and check out this Holding On. Okay, and my number eight, Pretty Maids, Undress Your Madness. 
You know, I feel bad because Pretty Major is supposed to be on the Monsters of Rock cruise, but Ronnie Atkins, the singer, um, Scott Lung Cancer, which completely sucks, obviously. But this was released late. It was released in November on Frontiers. It's their 16th album, Danish band, been around 40 years. Ronnie's voice has gotten a little raspier over the years since the late 80s, which probably doesn't surprise anybody. But the catchiness of the choruses, Ken's guitar, who's they're both originals. Ronnie and Ken are both originals. And then they got this guy, Renee Shades on bass, Chris Laney on keyboards, Alan Sorensen on drums. And there's a couple of slower paced songs on the album, but most of it's pretty rocking and some of it's even radio friendly. So, and then the song Undress Your Madness almost has like ghost type verses, which even kind of hooked me, the good ghost, the ghost that I like. I don't like all ghosts, but the ghost that I like it kind of hooked me. So my favorites on Pretty Maids is Serpentine, Undress Your Madness, and Fire Soul Fly. So what do you think about my 8, 9, 10? So starting with your number 10, Soto. Soto was definitely an eye-opener on the cruise ship for me. Holy crap, that guitar player, Jorge Salon, is so badass. He's one of my favorite new guitar players. I mean, he is amazing. I think he's only five foot one, but he's super <laughs> he's super amazing. Maybe he just looks short standing next to Jeff. I don't know. Jeff's pretty tall. But uh Jorge Salon is is an amazing guitar player. And that band as a whole was incredible. Soto, this record origami. I definitely gave it several chances before I even saw it on Sonny's list. It's just not my thing. I can't, it doesn't really resonate with me. It's nothing that I can pinpoint in particular. I do like some of the songs, but as a whole, it's just not my thing. I don't go back to it time and time again. I've said it before. I'm just kind of fairly simplistic blues, uh, hard rock, you know, ACDC groove laden rock. That's kind of my thing. And so this is a little bit more frantic than I'm what I'm used to. So that's really it for me as far as Soto goes, but amazing band, amazing singer, obviously. Caleb Johnson. Yeah, I turned you on to Caleb Johnson because when I saw him on American Idol, I thought he was amazing. He's just got a great voice. He can really sing and he's really powerful. But I didn't check out any of the records until this record came out. And I listened to this record. I found it on Spotify and I was like, okay, let me check this out. And when I heard it from the get go, I was like, this has Pooney's name written all over it. This guy kind of sounds like Kotzen. He's got a really bluesy voice. And, uh, I thought it was really good. Sugar, I definitely love that song a lot. Sugar is a great song. The one that you heard earlier, Holding On, is also a great song. It's a good, solid record. Uh, I just think he's a really, really good singer. And I actually had the opportunity to see him open up for... I can't even remember at this point who he was opening up for, but he was opening up for a couple bands in a small club, and I caught part of the act, but that's about all I remember about that particular show, and I don't know if he was doing this material or not. Number eight, Pretty Maids. Yeah, I might talk about that a little bit later on in my list, so there's absolutely nothing wrong with your choice there. Pretty Maids, a solid album, and uh, I'll get into more of that as we go along. So my seven through five, number seven, this was a late entry for me. So I'm a big fan of the New Roses. I have been for a while. We played them on the Crank It Up Spotlight before. They've been on the Kiss Cruise before. There's a lot of stir up. They're a UK band. And I've just 
been digging a lot of their stuff. They have several albums out. They put out this new record this year and I went through it because I was excited as soon as it came out and I just thought it was okay. It wasn't exactly like the last record. It was a little more old school rock and roll and a little less hard rock, if that makes any sense. And so I was kind of like, ah, but I kept hearing the name and I'm like, okay, I'm going to give this thing several more shots. So I started listening to this record a little bit more and more as a complete record. And I started going through it. And I was like, the more and more I listened to it, the more and more I was like, man, these songs are really well-written songs. They have really good hooks. They have really good courses. Not my standard thing. Not quite heavy enough as I like it, but still just good old school rock and roll. And I think it's just a great rock record. Songs that stand out for me, Can't Stop Rock and Roll, Heartache, and Running Out of Hearts. Running Out of Hearts, to me, could be recorded by a country artist, could be recorded by Bon Jovi. It's just a good, solid, sort of slower paced tune, but I think it's just really hooky, really catchy. They've got some great tunes on here. There are two or three tunes that I thought would be hits in, you know, if done on radio at the proper time in the late 80s or something like that. I thought they could have been hits. So just a good, solid rock and roll record, The New Roses. At number six for me, Eclipse. I've softened my blow on this Eclipse record. I was a little bit disappointed with the Eclipse record because I didn't think it was quite heavy enough for me, but I've been listening to it a lot, and it's like every other Eclipse record in terms of just a solid record of great material. My favorite songs still by far are Mary Lee, Delirious, and Masquerade. I love those songs. Really good stuff. And just a good record, a progression for Eclipse, but still a solid record. Number five. Now, this one was higher up on my list, but it slipped for one reason and one reason alone, which I'll get into a little bit later. But this is a record that I discovered, I think, through Spotify. That's the only way I could have discovered it. It popped up somewhere, and I said, let me give it a try. And for me, it's not typical of my taste. I'm not really necessarily into this symphonic metal, if you want to call it, or uh, orchestrated metal. I'm not a big, huge fan of big keyboard sounds, things like that. So it's a little bit out of the norm for me. But this record, I just dig a lot. I mean, it's a really great record. And it's by a band called Beast in Black. The hit songs for me on this record, From Hell With Love, No Surrender, and this one called Cry Out For A Hero. Check it out.
So your seven, six, and five, the Eclipse and Beast in Black, we'll talk about later. Uh, the New Roses. So here's a perfect example of me not listening to the entire album. Because when I first heard this was coming out, I listened to the first couple of songs. I'm like, yeah, hey, this guy's vocal. It's a little raspy, so it's got some limitations on what can what it what it can do. Now who's responsible? I say who's responsible for this unwarranted attack on my person? And I thought some of the choruses were just kind of lazy to me. But then I today I listened to Running Out of Hearts, and that's a lot closer to my bang zone. So there's obviously a couple of songs on here that I probably would like if I go back and check it out. But it's a perfect example of I heard two or three songs, and I'm like, yeah, I got to get past this. And um, that's the danger, honestly, of trying to listen to six or seven albums a week because six or seven albums are coming out. And it's like, okay, if it doesn't catch me pretty much right away, I'm like, I got to get away from this because – 160 albums front to back listening that's really really tough so yeah and you can never tell what's going to resonate with somebody you know so bands bands and artists they can't write with trying to hook somebody in that first second or two but this also goes back to the last episode we released which is that first and second song on the album are so important right yeah, I don't know if I need a complete sequence of the record, but that first song does have to do something. And a lot of these songs, and I'm going to talk about uh, a perfect first song here in a little bit, but a lot of these albums, they'll start songs out, especially some of these symphonic guys, like with this little orchestral piece trying to set the mood. I'm like, just get on with it. I don't need the mood set, right? So it's like, that first 38 seconds, just go away. Stop doing that, especially at the beginning of the album, right? I want kill me right out of the gate, that kind of thing. But anyway, okay, so my seven, six, and five, my number seven was our Crank It Up Spotlight, which is Viana. Uh, Forever Free came out in January. These guys are from Italy. Stefano Viana, second album, debut was like two years ago, released on Escape Music. It's very AOR you know, hooks galore, big backing vocals. All the songs are great. There's like no fillers. And the reason it sounds very heavy journey, heavy survivor, heavy honeymoon suite is because you got both singers that sang for Giant doing the vocals on this record. And Brian Cole does most of the record, but then Terry Brock does part of it too. And then you got wingers John Roth playing some lead guitar on three tracks. And then, of course, Stevano's doing the rest. My faves are In the Name of Love, which I've played on a Hollywood Hair, Heart of Stone, which we played earlier, and Do You Remember. But this record is definitely worth checking out. My number six is honestly a surprise for me because I did not think that uh, I would like this as much as I do, but the treatment, Power Crazy, it's that song, Let's Get Dirty. For some reason, that thing got in my ear and would not leave, and it kept drawing me back to the album. And this thing was released in March as a UK band on Frontier's third studio album. I mean, the riffs are gritty. It's got great vocals. There's a new vocalist. His name is Tom Rampant. And he, to me, is a cross between Bon Scott and Josh Todd. But he can also sing a ballad, which is crazy because most of, well, Bon Scott and Josh Todd can't sing a ballad, right? So you have to have serious skill to be able to do that. 
And although I wish that some of the courses were a little catchier, it would have been higher on my list. This thing is a solid, solid record. And like Bite Back even sounds like a Buckcherry song. But my favorites on it is Let's Get Dirty, Hang Them High, Luck of the Draw, and Bite Back. And then my number five, probably nobody's ever heard of. It's a band called Alchemy, and the album is called Dyadic. Uh, released in March on Street Symphony Records. They are a band from Italy, second studio album, and it's kind of like a tamed-down symphonic metal. Marcelo Spera on vocals, Cristano Stefana on guitars, Andrew Trabelsi on keyboards, Matteo Castelli on bass, Matteo Cerverini on drums. And the music kind of got this 80s flavor. I'd compare them a little bit to Eclipse, and I found this thing out from Trevor from CGCM. So they've got a new website. Trevor McDougal's been doing a bunch of reviews. And I was trying to catch, like, there's no one list that tells you every record that's coming out on the planet. So you have to kind of look at Spotify new stuff. Go to melodicrock.com. Keep up on the Decibel Geek website. Keep up on the CGCM website. Some stuff gets sent to us from uh, friends of ours. And you still miss stuff. Like there's, I wish there was one place for all of it. But thank you, Trevor, for turning me on to these guys. My three favorites are Take Another Shot, Nuketown, and check this out day by day.
that's a solid seven, six, and five. As I said, Viana's just missed my list. It's a great, solid record. The treatment we'll talk about a little bit later, and Alchemy was completely new to me. And by the way, you can't just type in Alchemy in Spotify because I think some techno band comes up. You have to put the album name Diadic on there, D-Y-A-D-I-C, and then it'll come up and you can go through the record. And It's an interesting record. I don't love it all, but the three songs that Sonny suggested off this record I like a lot, so... I understand why he likes it. It's a good solid pick, and I do like that song that you just heard day by day. Good picks all the way around. Now, before we get into my four, three, and two, let's do this. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K dot com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. Okay, so Growing Ups of the Week, these are the folks that retweeted us on Twitter and shared us on Facebook. By the way, if you go to our Growing Up Rock page, we would appreciate it if you can invite your friends. So there's a button on the right-hand side that says invite your friends to like this page, and that would really help get the word out. These people are Hopper, Potter Than Hell, EMZT Podcast and Productions, Mark Winder 8, David Cathy, Brad Rustoven, Jason Kearney, Peter Cicery, HairNutRadio.com, Cobras and Fire Podcast, congratulations on 200, by the way, Gusa, Mike Williams, Ivan Gilsick, Alan Deshaun, Bill Elam, Trace Mess 469, Curtis Lankos, Nick Osensiak, Walt Wilson, I call him Mr. Walt, great guy, Kerry Morgan, David Rudat, Kevin Williams, the Hook Rocks. I just recorded a Y&T episode with them. Uh, really fun. David Hudson. Shout it out loudcast. Steve Wright. Jason Alexander. Steve Vargo. Chris James A. Eladio. Richard Rust. Ages of Rock Podcast. Save Rock and Metal. Courtney Cronin Dold. Ogata. Zayden Black. Stop Being Special. I think they're talking about you, by the way. Uh, Mr. Coral Thornton. Stephanie Temples. Rodney Dixon. Jason Bluski, Keith Rochford. Todd Herrick. Curtis Shaver. Alan Tate. Number two, we call him number two. His name is Kevin. Uh, Tony Masalam, Daryl Alber, Rick Friel, Tommy Gelati, Grayson Gallegos, Brian Harris, Tammy N. Damnation, Little Fish, Rodney Wayne Delcor, Journey All Access, which is a fan page for Journey, shared us. Thank you for that. Stanley Lives for You, Scott Gull, Zeus, I Love It Loudcast, and Jody Have Not. And then I wanted to share a message from Jonathan Scott. I thought it was great. He sent us a note saying that uh, I ruined John Waite for him because he never noticed that John Waite talks things. And then he noticed that Ace also does it. And today I noticed Jimi Hendrix also does it. I think there's a lot of talk singers out there. That being said, I still love John Waite. You get used to it after a while. Thanks definitely to everybody who has shared. We appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, We also appreciate it if you would go to the Apple podcast and leave us a five-star review. The more great reviews we get, the better it does to get our show out in front and on the top of the charts and gets us seen by more people. So that kind of stuff definitely helps. I want to give a special shout out to Todd Herrick. Todd Herrick has been a huge supporter of this show and we really appreciate him Todd Herrig shared his top releases for this year and I wanted to share that with our listeners 
Todd's top are Diamond Heads, The Coffin Train, LA Guns, The Devil You Know, a new band called Altitudes and Attitude. The name of that record is Get It Out. I'm not that familiar with that band, so I'm going to have to check them out. And then White Snakes, Flesh and Blood. Those are some of Todd's favorites for this year. Todd, once again, we appreciate everything that you do for this show. Thanks for helping keep rock and roll alive. Before we get back to the music, how about naming some good movies you saw this year? Maybe a TV show or two? You remember any concerts that really wowed you? Uh, yep, I wrote them all down just because I knew that you were going to come to me for these things. Well, you can share them anytime you feel like it. You know, it is a live podcast. It's only live when we uh, record it. <laughs> But it is a podcast. You have to do some talking. So you can go ahead and share now. All right. So (laughs) some of the movies that stand out for me, um, one that me and my wife went and saw that I thought was pretty decent was Blinded by the Light about the kid that goes to America to see Springsteen. I thought that was a pretty good movie. We enjoyed that one. Avengers Endgame. For the most part, we go see superhero movies because that's what I enjoy. Captain Marvel, Shazam, I all thought were decent movies as well when they came out. Uh, One movie that I finally got to see on Netflix was The Irishman, the Martin Scorsese flick. People had me worried about that flick because they were saying it was boring and stuff like that, but I watched it today, as a matter of fact, and I thought it was typical Scorsese. So if you like Casino and you like Goodfellas, you're going to like The Irishman. I thought it was really good. Three hours and three and a half hours long, I think, but... Uh, just like the rest of his movies, but never seems that way. So uh, I enjoy those kind of movies. As far as TV, I caught up on a lot of stuff that was out for a while that I was just getting around to checking out on Netflix and Amazon and stuff like that. So I started watching Weeds, which is a series that's been out for like, I don't know, eight years or whatever. Breaking Bad, I finally got through all the Breaking Bad this year. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I thought was really good. I haven't checked out the latest season they just released on Amazon, but my wife and I enjoy that show pretty well. And uh, The Good Place, which was another one that uh, we caught up on Netflix with that uh, is fairly entertaining. So enjoyed that as well as far as TV goes. Pretty much Netflix and Amazon, that's majority of TV we watch. Concerts, uh, pretty much anything that falls under the headline of Mork, uh, I enjoyed a lot. Something else that just came to mind that I remember seeing was Hardcore Superstar at Rocklanta. That was the first time I ever saw that band live, and they were kick-ass. I really enjoyed their set at Rocklanta, and I'm looking forward to seeing them on the ship uh, because I'm going to try and drag some people to that because even if they're not a huge fan of the music, they got to see it live uh, because it's really, really energetic, really good live. So enjoyed them quite a bit. Looking forward to them on next year's Mork Cruise. And then the concert that stands out in my mind as my favorite concert this year was Iron Maiden uh, Legacy of the Beast Tour. That was a kick-ass concert, and I was right down front for that show. So the 16-year-old self came back for that show, and it was amazing. 16. Iron Maiden was not around in 1946. LOL. 
Enjoyed that one a lot. How about you? Uh, for me, movie wise, uh, the Irishman Dolomite was good. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to see Dolomites on Netflix, it was really good. Uh, and then Spider-Man, um, my kids and I went to Spider-Man. It was pretty good. Show wise. I watch a lot of TV and I will tell you straight up Ray Donovan. I watch for the violence and the craziness. And it's, I think it's in his last season. The Unicorn is actually a great new sitcom, and it's about a guy who his wife dies and he has two teenage daughters. So he's considered the unicorn because he's got a job, he's got a stable life, he's finally single, he's shown that he can be in a relationship. So he's like this unicorn that every woman looks for. So it's a pretty good show. And then I watch Batwoman because, uh, well, she's hot. And then um, show-wise, the Monsters of Rock Cruise had some great shows. Eclipse was the standout for me because I had seen Soto before, I'd seen Kotsam before, and they did great, but Eclipse was definitely the standout for me. Bisto Blanco, not only did we see him at the pre-party, but then I saw him again at um, the Kiss Expo. And at the Kiss Expo, I met them too, and they were awesome. Not only on stage both times, which I had never seen them before, but uh, they were awesome to meet too. And they released a new album this year, and they're one of those bands that visual plus the music has to be there for me to enjoy it. Like I liked less rip and solitary rave is probably my favorite two songs off that new album. We are, but the rest of the album did not resonate as well with me because I couldn't connect it live. Cause I don't remember if I heard those songs live. So there's something about the live experience with them that absolutely makes their music better. Um, it might be Calico, but uh, you know, I'll reserve judgment. Um, and then the surprising concert for me this year was Paul Gilbert. And I don't normally go see just instrumentalists. Uh, normally, I want some sort of vocal. I went to go see Paul Gilbert because it was at the casinos, easy to go. And I thought he would do some songs because he's actually a really good singer. So I thought maybe he'd do some Mr. Big songs, et cetera, et cetera. He played two hours of just guitar instrumentals. And it was awesome. Very, very surprised. Very charismatic guy. Funny and uber talented. Like if there's any question that guy's talent, uh, you're crazy. Because he's one of the best guitar players on the planet. So if you get a chance to see Paul Gilbert, uh, definitely take the chance. So it's time for my number four, three, and two. Kind of as I said earlier, this list this year for me had some surprises to myself. They're surprises because anybody that's listened to this show for any amount of episodes and has gotten to know us at all knows that I'm kind of just a straight ahead, hard rock, blues guy, ACDC, Van Halen, just kind of love that straight up rock not really a big symphonic metal guy at all. I already told you that Beast of Black definitely made my list for sure. And there's another one coming in in my four, three, and two that are surprises. So number four, not a surprise, a band called Crazy Licks. Crazy Licks is a band that we've had on Crank It Up Spotlights before. They're another Swedish band. They're just kick-ass, melodic, hard rock. I like Crazy Licks a lot. They have several albums out. Some of their earlier stuff reminds me of Def Leppard era, high and dry kind of stuff. And it's just good stuff to me. Uh, They put out a new record this year. And off that record, Wicked 
she's wearing yesterday's face, which we played before on this podcast, and a song called Weekend Lover. Love those songs, but the rest of the record has great stuff. So check out Crazy Licks record. It's good stuff. Number three, and this is a record that was further down on my list and ended up moving up the list because I spent uh, the last couple of days really kind of binging this record more and more, and it is just a solid record. You heard Sonny talk about it earlier. Pretty Maids, such a great record. Undress Your Madness, fantastic. Songs like Serpentine, Fire Soul Fly, and Black Thunder, my favorite tunes off that record, but the whole record is really solid. And then coming in at number two is, I'm not even sure that they can be considered a hard rock band, but when I heard this record and I heard this band for the first time on Spotify, I could not stop smiling. They just made me super, super happy. This band called Royal Republic, and I'll, I'll caution you, all their records don't sound exactly the same. So you probably need to pick and choose what you like and don't like. But this latest record that they put out, Club Majesty, is fantastic from start to finish. And it just had me smiling. But it's not necessarily straight up hard rock. It's definitely different. And the songs that I love off this record, I love the whole record, but standout songs for me are Fireman and Dancer. That's the first tune I heard. Can't Fight the Disco and this one, Anna Lee.
So you're four, three, and two. Crazy Licks, it made my top 33. It just didn't crack the top 10. I even like Eagle and It's You off that record. Pretty major we already talked about. Let's talk about Royal Republic for a second. Because I really loved the song you just played. And I loved the album. I was so surprised to hit your number two because I'm like, this is power pop. Why does he even like this? Because <laughs> I could not stop smiling and I haven't stopped playing this record. It's just always, I've played this record probably more than any other record this year. When I discovered this record and the first song I heard was Fireman and Dancer. It ended up on uh, some Spotify playlist like new releases or something like that. I laughed when I heard that song. I was like, that's kind of cool. And then I went and checked out the record. And as with every song that played on the record, I was like, this is good. I like this. This is good. I like this. And it just made me smile. And so I just can't stop playing this record. I mean, I don't know what it is about this record. Uh, That's why I caution people. I don't know whether it's a hard rock record or not, you know, but You know, maybe the fact that it's so different than everything else on my list that makes it stand out, I don't know. But yeah, it's at number two for me. Uh, And that's as big of a surprise to me as it probably is to anybody else. But I'm telling you, this record is fun. That's the best word I can use to describe it. It's a fun record. Yeah, I kept it off my top 10 because I could hear Wright saying, out of format, out of format. So... I didn't want to hear it. And it might be, but, uh, you know, music is what it is. You like what you like. And I like this one way too much to leave it off my list. And so it's on my list. So Steve Wright, who just uh, texted me a few minutes ago, um, I'm going to give you a shout out. Our friend over at Potter and Hell, listen to his podcast, Steve-O. There's your shout out. Now quit texting me. We're recording. (laughs) So my four, three, and two, I love symphonic metal. And especially if it's got minimal Cookie Monster, it's even better. And my number four would Beast in Black. We already talked about this from Hell with Love is the album. Uh, my favorites on there are really Sweet True Lies from Hell with Love, Die by the Blade, and No Surrender. And I'll tell you, Sweet True Lies, it could have been a firehouse song. It could have been Poison. It would have been a huge hit for Bon Jovi. And yes, That's a symphonic metal band doing a song that could have been a big hit in the mid-80s because it's not just symphonic metal with these guys. The album's got beautiful melodies. There's some radio-friendly stuff, and it is really, really good stuff. Got released in February on Nuclear Blast. I think it's either you or Tony or both of you sent it to me at the same time because this was off my radar because Nuclear Blast doesn't put anything out there saying we got new albums coming out it just kind of shows up i'm gonna take responsibility for both this and the caleb johnson so uh that that was me because uh i sent it to you and then uh you and i had a conversation about it so yeah cool and uh you know the main member here is anton and he's an ex battle beast member and my number three is battle beast no more hollywood endings i loved this album from the minute i heard it Another Finnish band, fifth studio album, released in March on Nuclear Blast. I knew this album was coming out because I was already following Battle Beast. Nora is a force to be reckoned with, who's a great female singer. Absolutely no shit on this album. If you like symphonic metal, you got to go check out Peace of Me, Eden, Endless Summer, The Hero, and The Golden Horde, and you will be a Battle Beast fan forever. 
it is a great album. And then my number two was literally a last minute ad. It came out about a week ago. Another band from Italy called Edge of Forever, and the album is called Native Soul. Released on Frontier, it's their fourth studio album. I didn't know anything about these guys. Listen to the album, and I'm like, man, this stuff is catchy. What is it? And the vocal has got like this Steve Audrey style to it. And then I realized the founding member, producer, singer, keyboard player, Alessandro Del Vecchio, who is the guy that writes all of these songs for Frontiers Records, for the eclipses of the world and the ammunitions of the world and all these people that Serafino is trying to put together, Alessandro is usually involved. And this is his actual band, and he's doing the singing. And oh my God, dude, the guitar solos are like Ingve Malmsteen, the House of Lords type keyboards, and the bluesy feel of the music. Amazing. And my favorite songs on this thing is Native Soul, Promised Land, Three Rivers, which is the opening track forget about the mood setting and all that crap it's an acapella two minute opening track that's what absolutely hooked me in and then i heard this song take your time Don't you remember? 
So you're four, three, and two. Beast in Black, we already discussed that before. It's just a solid record. Battle Beast. So for me, and we played Piece of Me on the podcast before. I like Piece of Me a lot. The difference for me between Battle Beast and Beast in Black is that Battle Beast, I guess I just haven't spent enough time with it, but there were some keyboard pieces that were a little bit too, I don't know, just, I don't know what the right word is. It just didn't resonate with me quite as much as Beast in Black. I don't know whether it was the keyboard riffs or the guitar riffs. I'm not sure. I can't tell you. So I may spend a little bit more time with this Battle Beast in the future. I haven't given up on it. I really like Peace of Me. I really like Eden. I really like the Golden Horde. So there's great stuff on this record. But for whatever reason, it just didn't make my top 10. Edge of Forever, Native Soul. So I saw this on your list last week, and I went straight to the record because I wanted to spend some time because it had made such an impact on you. And I think I texted you literally within an hour and said, this is a really solid record. So definitely for me, the only reason it's not on my list is because it is so brand new to me. I didn't have any time to spend with this record, but the first couple listens to this record, I think it's a really solid record. And uh, I would tell people go out and check it out because I'll be checking it out much more in the future. So yeah, just uh, great solid picks four, three, and two from you. That song, Take Your Time, great song. Uh, So there you go. It's time for our top of the pops, right? Our ones, onesies. Our onesies, yeah. I got my kiss onesie on right now, so you go ahead. All right. Yeah, now nah, I just threw up in my mouth. I got to get that visual out of my head. <laughs> so my number one, we talked about a little bit earlier. It was on Sonny's list, but it made it all the way to number one. It should be no surprise because... It's just right up my alley. The Treatment. Just such a great record. Let's Get Dirty, Rising Power, Bite Back. Solid record, solid hard rock. The Treatment came onto my radar when they opened up for Kiss and Motley Crue on that tour that they did together. That was the first time I heard of The Treatment. They were supporting that first album that they had out. They've had some personnel changes over the years. I know they've had a couple of different singers or at least one singer change in there. But I will say this, with all the changes or any of the changes that they've had in this band, all their records are fairly solid. I would advise you to go get the first treatment and then just get the catalog because it's it's good. Every record is really good. The last record that they put out, I think Power Generation, maybe, Generation something. That's a great record. And then this one equally is good. So love the treatment. And they're great live as well when I saw them open up for uh, Kiss and uh, Motley Crue. So awesome band. And my number one is Sweden's masterpiece, Eclipse, with Paradigm, seventh studio album. I mean, what is it about Eclipse that we can say? We've said everything pretty much we can say. If you want to hear about the album in detail, it's on episode 122, where uh, our buddy here, Stephen, talks to Eric Martinson, and it was released on November 3rd. Now, that being said, is it my favorite Eclipse album? No. But that does not mean it's not the album of the year for me. And it is the album of the year for me. Mary Lee, The Masquerade, Viva Love, Victoria, Blood Wants Blood, awesome songs. If you have not checked out this new Eclipse album, it is worth it. 
So Stephen, share some just misses and to share some disappointments for you this year. So a few records that just missed my top 10. Uh, I've talked about it before, Razzmatazz. We played some on Crank It Up Spotlight. If you're into ACDC and just solid rock and roll like that, Razzmatazz, that record is really, really good. It released this new one this year. And I'm sorry I don't have any of the names of the albums in front of me, and that's just my bad. Uh, I'm unprepared. What can I say? But you can look it up, Razzmatazz, R-A-Z-Z-M-A-T-A-Z-Z. They released this record. They've been around for a while. They've got several records out there. This record, you'll know it when you see it. It has a beautiful picture of a nice, round woman's rump. And it looks That's not a woman. It's not a woman. (laughs) I saw it earlier. It's not a woman. (laughs) You wish it was a woman. It's not. Oh, my God. Quit trying. I'm telling you it's not. In my head, it's a woman. That is a woman's ass. Get out of my face. You're going to get nightmares about that because it's not. I'm Uh, telling you. You're nuts. Anyway, so that's a great record. The New Tigers of Pantang. We played another of the songs off that record on our Crank It Up Spotlight, but that whole record just recently came out probably less than a month ago, and it's a really, really solid record. I would encourage people to check out that new Tigers of Pantang. Tigers of Pantang, obviously, they've been around forever. They're part of the new wave of British heavy metal, and they recently got back together. They put out a new record a couple of years ago, and this is their latest release, which just came out like less than a month ago. It's a great record. Check it out. Talked about it earlier. Vienna, great record. Just barely missed my top 10. And then Work of Art, which is a little bit of a surprise to me because I didn't know a whole lot about it. Work of Art, I think that's the guy that is the W in wet, right? So it's uh, Work of Art, Eclipse, and uh, Talisman. Jeff Scott Soto, Eric Martinson, and the guy in Work of Art that's part of Wet. But Work of Art just put out a new record, and it's fairly decent. So that just missed my top 10. As far as disappointments, I don't know if disappointment is the right word. Uh, I hate using that word. It's just records that didn't resonate with me. And I was maybe a little bit more excited to hear it. And it was a little bit of a letdown when I heard it. The Last in Line, I thought that record, I really liked Heavy Crown, but this latest Last in Line record just didn't do it for me. I don't know. I don't know what to pinpoint. The Inglorious record, the first two Ingloriouses were so stellar and so good. And this third one came out and essentially, you know, they got rid of the entire band except for Nathan, the singer. And I don't know if that's what affected it. I don't know, but there's just something about this third Inglorious record that does not work for me. Uh, So I didn't really enjoy that. The End Machine, I was really excited to hear The End Machine. Jeff Pilsen, Mick Brown, George Lynch, and uh, Robert Mason. Uh, With that lineup, you would expect a great record. And for whatever reason, The End Machine, maybe I just haven't spent enough time with it. I don't know. Black Star Riders. I like the first two Black Star Rider records. For whatever reason, this one doesn't work for me that much. I think maybe the first part of it is fairly strong, but the second half of it is pretty weak. The new Airborne. Anybody that knows me knows I'm a huge Airborne fan. I like Airborne a lot. 
and I was really excited that they were putting out a new record this year. And it just came out, but it just seems a little less high energy. It's got a little bit more mid-tempo type stuff on it. I don't know. I'm going to spend more time with this record. I'm not ready to pass judgment yet. And they're coming to the U.S. next year, which I'm super excited about because I'm going to have the opportunity to see them live. So I'm super psyched about that. But I got to spend some more time with this latest Airborne record. I know Hollywood here doesn't like the darkness at all. And I do like the darkness. I think they're a great live band. I don't have a problem with their records. But this latest record, I don't know. It's not doing it for me. There's not much high energy stuff on it. It's a little bit moody. I don't know. I just haven't been able to get into this new darkness record. That's pretty much it for me. Uh, for me, just misses, you know, some of these bands nobody's ever heard of. Wheels of Fire, pretty good. Go check it out. Starbreaker, who's Tony Harnell. Blacktop Mojo was good. Lone Rider sounds kind of like uh, a new bad company. Sister Shotgun, Last in Line, The Raven Age, Tigers of Pantang, which you already talked about, Corleone, which nobody knows, and Hardline, which uh, many people know. Uh, they all had some great albums, some great songs out there. So uh, you might hear some of those in future Hollywood hair episodes. Disappointing albums for me was really easy. Tesla, that album doesn't even sound like Tesla. Uh, the Circle, I love Sammy Hagar, but that album is just boring. I'm sorry, Sammy. Love you. Own everything. You're one of my top 10 artists of all time. That album is just boring. I'm sorry. Kane Roberts. I was looking so forward to the Kane Roberts album because it's been a while since he put something out. And it just, there's all kinds of guest singers and it just does not sound good. And then we already talked about Inglorious. So not a ton of disappointing albums. Some self-inflicted because I expect X and I probably shouldn't expect X because it's not 1985 anymore. But, uh, you know, that is what it is. It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. 2019 for Kiss. We got End of the Road Tour. Uh, we all went to Vegas to go check them out. It was great. Ace is out and about with the members of the Rock and Roll Residency backing him up. You know, he's got a new energy in his shows. He even did a 78 solo album front to back. You know, Peter Chris was pretty quiet. Vinny's as nuts as he always is. Uh, Boob was a total nut, and, I, you know, he's not even a member, so I don't even know why I'm talking about him. <laughs> um, Bruce rocked the Kiss Cruise again. So check this out. The two sets that Bruce Kulick did on the Kiss Cruise. First show was Creatures of the Night, Tears Are Falling, Watching You, All Night, Trial by Fire, Reason to Live. There was a medley of Betrayed, Read My Body, Little Caesar, The Street Giveth, Street Taketh Away, Rise to It. Then did Let's Put the X in Sex, did a medley of My Way, Turn on the Night, did a medley of Car Jam, Paralyzed, I Just Wanna, Spit, and then did the Star Spangled Banner. The next day did Unholy, Who Wants to Be Lonely, uh, All Night, Trial by Fire. That was the only two repeats. Then did a medley of Hate, Master, and Slave, Rain in the Mirror, I Walk Alone, did a medley of 
I've had enough, get all you can take, burn, bitch, burn, lonely as a hunter, under the gun, thrills in the night. Did a medley of Time Traveler, Betrayed, Read My Body, Little Caesar. Did the Star Spangled Banner at the end. And did a medley of Paralyzed, I Just Want a Tough Love. And I gotta play the song because I love when Paul and Gene sing together. Here's a dual vocal of Spit. Got no manners and I'm not too clean, but I know what I like. If you know what I mean, what do people say? Well, Mr. Can't You See, it don't mean spit to me. Want a lot of woman with a lot of love. Well, fair to sin, but it's plain to see. It don't mean spit to me. Love me some revenge. That's a good record.
uh, Bruce, you know, he knows what the Kiss fans want, and he knows he's only got probably an hour, hour ten to do stuff. So it's like, you know what? We're going to jam a bunch of medleys together. People really only want to hear about a verse and a chorus anyway, so they can say they heard the song. And uh, there's no use to do the same set list twice, right? And you got Bruce, you got Todd Kearns, you got Brett Fish, you got Zach Throne. I mean, you can't, uh, the band is awesome, you know. I forgot to mention anyway, in terms of standout concerts this year, because it was back in February, but yeah, us seeing that Kiss concert all together in Vegas in February, that had to be a standout force as well. That was a huge thing. Very cool. I enjoyed that whole thing. And then breaking news. Couldn't have happened, but it did. Me, David Lee Roth, Double Trouble Guitars. Diamond Dave, the boss of Big Town, and I'm bringing the big sound in the big town the way it sounds. Every classic Van Halen tune, and we're putting the boom in the room. Only thing missing now is you. As we are recording this episode. Yeah, so it's breaking news now. It'll be a couple weeks old by the time this episode comes out. But the news announced today as we're recording it. David Lee Roth is going to go on tour with Kiss opening up the shows. So what's your take on this? I am amazed. When the rumors were out there, I was, you know, in our little text chat thing going, there's no way this rumor is right. Like, why would you go from a painter that you're probably paying nothing to there's no way DLR is doing this for under a hundred grand. It's got to be more than that possibly. And you didn't increase the size of venues that you're going to play in. So either you didn't think you could sell seats by yourself. That's one part of the story. Second part, why would David Lee Ross sign up to open for Kiss? Like I, David has always had this huge, big ego head on his shoulders. So I, I'm just surprised that he's going to be the opening act. So that's one part of the story. And then the third part, we don't even know what David we're getting. Because if we're getting the David... That was on TV with Van Halen. Oh my God, that was a bad David. Like, I, we don't know what David we're getting. I think it's safe to say that we're going to get that Dave because Dave is, you know, he is what he is these days, which is uh, a bunch of showmen singing every other word. And uh, he'll come out and he's opening for Kiss. So my guess is he's going to do uh, mostly Van Halen stuff because they're not out there doing it. And he'll throw in some of his original stuff. Uh, the same as if you saw, you know, David Lee Roth on, you know, Eat Them and Smile tour, just not from that era, unfortunately. You don't even sound phased, though. You're not surprised? I'm surprised that he is doing this, but I'm not surprised when Live Nation is involved and money gets thrown around and people can influence people. So somebody made a deal out there. Kiss obviously needed some help. I don't think that they were going to come back around in the U.S. and sell out a bunch of places when they already kind of made the run in the U.S. So in order to come back around and do some of these sheds, because they're doing a lot of sheds, they were going to have to put some sort of opening act on stage with them that was going to be able to sell tickets. They couldn't have the painter out there again and expect to sell 12, 15,000 tickets. It just wasn't going to happen. Somebody somewhere said, well, it's not good enough that you're just going to have some opening band. You're going to have to have somebody that sells tickets. And David Lee Roth is going to sell tickets. 
I would guess that he's going to sell close to probably half of those tickets for Kiss because people are going to want to go see it. Van Halen's not out there doing it. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a prime example. I'll buy a ticket now to see Kiss. I wasn't going to see Kiss when they were here in Atlanta. I might have worked, but I wasn't going to pay to see Kiss. Now, I'll go to that show, just if nothing else, to see Dave. It's a good day of rock and roll, right? I get Dave, I get Kiss. It's a win-win for me, hopefully. Well, what's worse is it's on a Monday night, I think, here. So it's no party time. It'd be better if it was a Friday or Saturday night. But yeah, I mean, it's influenced me to go to that show now. And I'm guessing that it'll do the same for a lot of people out there. Yeah, and now I'm kind of interested also. I, I probably would have went anyway, but now I'm super interested. I'll go watch the train wreck that's David if that's what we're going to get. You know, I'm interested in who his band's going to be. John 5 is out because John 5's already announced a tour. He's out there with Queensryche. He's completely out of it. It's going to be whoever he's got in Vegas with him, I guarantee it. Which he hasn't announced either. He's one of these dudes that's going to have a big band. He's going to have, you know, two or three guitar players and two or three keyboard players and 12 backup singers, some horn sections and uh, some dancing girls and a couple of midgets. And <laughs> I don't know about that. If you go get the right guitar player, which a guy like Howie Simon, right? He, he can play it. I've, I've heard him play Ingbe stuff. I'm sure he can play Eddie stuff. He was great at Striper filling in for Oz, how he does that kind of stuff all the time. So if you take, let's say you get two guitar players, right? Because somebody's got to play rhythm most likely so the other person can play the Eddie stuff. And then keyboard and drummer and leave all that other shit somewhere else, put together a set that's about an hour, hour 10 that gets you, you know, 85% Van Halen songs. You throw three of your songs in, which most likely be just like Paradise, Yankee Rose, and California Girls, all Van Halen tunes besides that, and you got a, an hour ten of rocking. And, you know, he'll have that big cheesy smile, and he'll do some kicks in the air and do some roundhouse kicks probably because he can still do them and good to go. Yeah, if nothing else, that's what I said to you earlier. You know, he's he's not going to be a great singer. He's going to sing every third word, and he is going to be what he is. That's David Lee Roth. But... That being said, at least it'll be fairly entertaining because Dave's entertaining and it, and they'll play good music and the band will probably play great. I mean, whoever he gets will probably play great. Didn't he have two guitar players when they released that rehearsal in Vegas? Because somebody released like rehearsal footage of them in Vegas preparing for this Vegas residency and I thought he had two guitar players. That was one of the comments somebody made. Oh, yeah, he'll most likely have two guitar players because unless you got a John 5 or something like that or a Steve Vai, you're going to have to have two. But I haven't seen that footage, so I don't know. And it's possible he just goes out with, you know, guys. There's plenty of talented people in Vegas. There's absolutely no doubt. So it's possible he goes out with those guys. It's possible that those guys can't tour because they're hooked up into other Vegas things and he has to have a different band. Who knows? marathon 2019 episode but these ones always are yep that'll be a nice long one for somebody to kick off their year uh hopefully we've turned you on to some records that you should go check out and if we haven't turned you on to anything new hopefully the records we have pointed out here you'll go maybe listen to a little bit more see if you like them and uh yeah 
as always, we appreciate everybody listening. We appreciate everybody sharing uh, our episodes. And that's it. It's been a great 2019. I'm looking forward to 2020. We'll have all the Monsters of Rock cruise stuff coming up in the next few weeks. So that'll be fun. Yeah. And I just want to thank everybody. We get messages every single day in some form. And there are some great folks out there that are listeners and get involved and enjoy what we do. And it makes us want to do it even more. So I appreciate you. Sharing is caring. And we will catch you later. See ya. Merry New Year. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.